What's going on, guys? Eric Black here, Parker Miner over there. We, uh, we're hanging out here at Rockcast. Uh, I hope you're having a good week. Uh, this should, yeah. should lighten the mood a little bit. We've got some, some good things going on the show uh, again this week. If, uh, if you're not familiar with the show, rockcastshow.com. I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. It is an un... What do they call those? Shameless plug? It's not completely, completely shameless. I'm not ashamed of that at all. You go to rockcastshow.com and you figure it out. Um, we've got a guest on the show, as you may have guessed. Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, another guest on the show this week that we're uh, actually actually kind of excited because it's a different... It's, it's the same, but it's different. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff we're going to be talking about, uh, so stay tuned. Go get your popcorn. Now would be a good time to go do that. Get your refill. Go potty. Go get that out of the way. Mm. Hold that the entire time. Well, we do. We don't get up. We don't. Well, we have chairs that we can just pee in. It's weird. That's true. Anyway, <clears throat> on the show this week, guys, we have uh, we have JM, and I'm not gonna pronounce your last name because I don't want to. I don't want to do that. So Make I'll let you go, I'll go with it though. I'll, let me see what you come up with. All right. So here's what we're here's okay. So this is the this is the best that I can do. Guarneri, Guarneri. It was it was close. Guarneri. Guarneri. Okay. Yes. Well, I just I should have known that. It's spelled that way. Guarneri. Guarneri. Yep. All right. Yep. This is this is a unique situation because uh, now you uh, you do security for Shinedown and Smith and Myers as as well, but you security is your main your main thing. So give us a breakdown of of what you do and um, how secure Rockcast is right now. <laughs> Uh, right now, if the, none of us have pants on, so I'm not sure how secure it is on our persons. It's <laughs> a little weird. But, uh, yeah, so I am the Chief Operating Officer for Silver Spear Security, and we are a veteran-owned private security firm uh, with offices in Los Angeles and Orlando, and then I'll be opening one up in Massachusetts, and eventually I'll be doing one in Las Vegas, wow. where we basically, um, our background is with bodyguards, touring, uh, security, working with high net worth individuals, estate security, maritime security, red carpets, award show, anything security related. Uh, if it's something of interest to us and we can work with the client or the promoter, we're, we're more apt to uh, do it. And uh, actually this past week, we just opened our first training school in Orlando, Florida, where people could get their guard cards and awesome. maybe, maybe some CCW training classes or some EP executive protection courses and stuff. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, and this, really cool. Yeah, it sounds actually kind of kind of interesting. There's a lot of different variations inside of uh, just regular what we call security. Because I mean, I don't I don't know, but it, it sounds like you you don't really you can't have a boring day. There's so much to do. Yeah, I mean, the thing, and you, you bring up a good point, having the board day when you're working is actually the best day to have. That's um, That's now, if you're in a cool festival or you're in a cool award show or you're with some in a cool restaurant, lab, like I, I totally get it. But the minute it gets crazy or there's a bomb threat or an active shooter or yeah. something that goes on, medical situation with a bad guy or a person, you, you, you get, uh, it get, you get crazy. And I prefer have, not having to do those days. But that's why yeah. you trade and kind of practice for that stuff. So. Yeah, for sure. So you're so you're at a, a show, and it doesn't doesn't matter the band, but it's a it's a big band. Let's say um, uh, you're at the show. No, you're 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 with the band. What is your first step to get to the festival or to the venue, even? So ideally, and obviously, when you if you're overseas, sometimes advancing the bigger festivals are tough just because there's so many bands and there's a lot of pieces of that puzzle. But for a show, whatever, I'm always about two months out advancing the stage, the dressing rooms, the distance, if you have to use a golf cart, closest hospital, EMT, where you want security located, what pass system we're using, if you're going to go to the festival passes or our own passes for the headliner, how I want the stage before and after our set. If you have pyro, make sure the fire marshal is aware with the stage manager. So that way people Ooh. placement and stuff. And so all that stuff you do two months out. And so by the time the day before the morning of, you're basically just shaking hands, seeing the staff you know from before, and just working with your crew and um, the artist. And then knock on wood, there's really been no issues. If you put the time in for the advance, that's probably the biggest uh, hurdle yeah. and both the most work. Because you shouldn't be worrying about stuff that you could have taken care of weeks ago. Right, right. Yeah. 
So you're so you're saying you have to prep two months in advance for every single show. Right. So if I get a normally say in the summer I'm with Shy Down or Nickelback or whoever, and hey, we got 45 dates. Well, to about two months before that first date, I started advancing with, hey, here's the security rider. This is the numbers I need for staffing. These are the searches I want done at the door. This is the number of people barricade. These are the times where I meet and greets. I'll need security here. So and so, I need backstage parking. Like all this stuff, or bus parking, all that stuff. Wow. Now I'm fortunate to work with great production managers or stage managers, tour managers. So you all kind of help each other there. But these are all questions, concerns I have before we even step foot there. Yeah. And then about a week out, hey, we made it to the town. See you tomorrow. I'll let you know if I have any issues. I'll be on site in X amount of time with my bad guys. Right. And uh, you kind of just go through the motions that you've already kind of established uh, before that. Right. Hmm. Man. That's still like if you have if you have 150 dates, that means you got to make 150 phone calls and keep track of 150. Oh, I mean, before COVID, I'm on the road. I may be home 50, 60 days a year. The rest of the time is spent advancing, whether you're on tour or other events or cruises, where that holds a whole other garment of issues. But yeah. you just have all this stuff going on. Where uh, again, the preparation is key. Just like you guys, you guys aren't jumping into a podcast or what you do for work without having an idea of who you're talking to or what you're doing at work the next day. So it only makes sense where I would be just the same way. Well, and you talked, yeah. you talked a little bit about uh, the, the different venues that you have. And one of those was, uh, you know, a cruise ship, for example. I mean, I, I feel I, like a cruise ship would be, I'm not going to say worst case scenario, but it's like a very unique situation because you're in the middle of the ocean. So, I mean, there's, yeah. there's got to be bigger protocol for that situation. Right? There is, and one of the cool things there is that if you guys have been on a cruise ship, there's a thing called the brig. Mm. And you just don't – the brig is basically the jail in international waters. Right. And a lot of people are like, oh, you could put in the brig. Well, if you're putting the brig, then more often than not, like this is an incident where – when we get back to port, not only the, will the police be there, the state police or whoever, but there could be the FBI. If there's ever a sexual assault incident on the cruise ship, it could be any type of cruise, the FBI is the first people to be on that boat the next morning when you dock to pull that person off for interview, talk with the victim, get statements, because it's, it's a whole crazy thing. Once you leave the port area, international waters – yeah, yeah. Sure, you're not going to run to an iceberg, and these Somali pirates aren't going to come uh, to these waters to stop that type of situation. Right. But man overboard or woman overboard, there's protocols. There's just the – there's a lot of work that goes into it. And the cool thing about most of the cruise ships, all the staff out there, like the cooks and the people that clean your rooms or the – concierge people they're all emts trained they all respond to certain radio calls or uh, calls on the boat if there's a, an incident or a fight or a an injury and it's kind of cool seeing how they're so adapted yeah. to dealing with all sorts of situations on the open water so I'm, assu I'm assuming that they as you do they have to do training as well just to make sure that they understand yes they do actually training daily and stuff wow. and it's 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 fascinating because it's a lot of times when you get on a cruise ship, if, if I'm on one, even when I'm working, like, oh, here comes a safety brief. This is where the muster station is. But I, it's like you and I on a plane. Like, I know how to put a seatbelt on. But in the back of my mind, I've always turned my music down because I, maybe I forgot something when it comes to the mask or where the lifeboat is. Or, hey, make sure you do look at the exit rows because when shit breaks bad, yeah. you're going you're gonna to lose motor function basic skills. So there's stuff like that where you definitely take heed to it. But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's a job. I imagine you worked ship rock, right? So yeah, I did that for five years. Yeah. Are there any other rock cruises? I do rock legends cruise. Okay. Um, that's usually headliners like Sammy Hagar, Roger Daltrey. Oh yeah. Uh, so I just did the Roger one last year, right before COVID actually. They, uh, so. they adjusted wow. the headline, but we turned it down. We didn't want to, yeah, they, you know. Is that why? They, they couldn't pay us enough. Yeah, I mean, they probably were like, we need a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need more people. These guys have right. <laughs> so we're going to have to get the big boat. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's jump back to like a, an actual venue. So what I'm saying is venue versus festival. Um, I mean, obviously, if, if you look at those two things, it's going to be easier to get the artist from, you know, their green room or bus 
to the stage at a venue versus a festival. Uh, 100%. You've, cause this is your show. Now, if you're at a touring venue, you might have a headliner, like direct support, maybe an opener if it's one of those shows. Uh, so you're dealing with three entities as opposed to a festival. If you're like a Danny Whipper festival yeah. or like Download festival, like there's hundreds of bands every day. 40 different stages, parking lot, like wherever. And so there's a lot more strain on the staff and security and law enforcement on site. And so it's, I, I prefer the venue stuff, easy to control. Uh, it's our pass system. It's our rules. It's when you get to the bigger festivals, there tends to be some egos with different camps. Mm. I'm the headliner of the stage. I want this on my stage. And so customer service is key. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely the venue stuff is definitely a lot simpler. That's right. Sense. I mean, even like, uh, you know, here we've got a, a decent venue called exit in things like that versus like, uh, and that's probably what, um, 800 Parker 800 yes. capacity versus, yeah, just under yeah. a thousand yeah. I think, yeah. versus yeah. like, um, uh, you know, like Bridgestone arena Bridgestone. Yeah, thousands nope. of people. Um, obviously now my, my thinking is, is that it'd be, uh, maybe a lot more dangerous at exit in because it's not big because there's not a lot of places to, you know, hide as a word. I can imagine Does that, that makes sense. Too. Yeah. It's one of those things where when you have the bigger venues, there is this, and I'm not saying this is a bad way, but there's this false sense of security in the sense of you have so many more people working. If you let one guy, on the, if someone comes in one door, you're figuring that someone, the, the next layer of security is going to catch that person. Mm. When you get those exit in type clubs or house of blues type clubs, it's limited staff and there's a lot of more situations. There's only one entrance per se. Yeah. So a lot of times everything kind of bottlenecks right there. There's usually fights and you're dealing with the drunk, disorderly people. It all comes down to numbers though. If you're yeah. a smaller club, you can't afford to pay, hire the 10 extra security you need that you should have. So that's why you kind of have to do the advancing if you're playing those type of shows where well, let's move to barricade people here. You need people in front of house. Where are the rovers? Like, can we move people off the door check to check bags after a certain hour? Can they be going to the front? Like, so stuff like that, we have to kind of get creative. But yeah, it's definitely more nerve wracking, especially if you're in a foreign country in those smaller places where not only do you have the language barrier, but you have this kind of like, oh, nothing's going to happen here because we're in Hamburg, Germany, or we're like, no one, no one thinks like, we do. It's not like they don't care about their fans. It's just they don't – they never had something happen, so they don't think about it. But you look mm. at Bataclan or Manchester, like this stuff could happen anywhere, Las Vegas. So it's just being prepared is number one there. So yeah. you were in – Let's. Let, you're, you're at an arena right now. You're in the back of the arena taking care of something. You just wrapped it up and found out that somebody needs your help behind the stage. How quickly are you going to get from point A to point B? Now, am I dealing with something like band related or just someone in the Band crowd? related. It's behind, it's backstage. Yeah, I mean, we all have radios. Um, I'm always direct to everything going on. I hear every radio transmission. I have a house radio. In that sense, I know what the radio traffic is for people in the arena. And so I'm always responding to stuff. If I see an issue with the crowd, I just call the house guy. But hey, we said the guy stage left like balcony three or whatever, like there's an incident. If there's someone backstage, I'm always, I'm never on the guy's site. From the morning they wake up to meet and greets to when they work out, like I'm always with an earshot. Um, now I never really like hanging out in the dressing rooms because I'm just like, that's your own room, like whatever. Um, so, but I, there's never, they're never not where I'm not going right. to be. And uh, th that's, that's like a trust thing too. And that's part, that's why I'm there. I'm not there to deal with, a CPR victim up at the main gates. Right, uh, right. While I care and I want to know on, on the incident report what happened and what like we feel bad stuff happens to guests and fans, but my responsibility is the, the essentially the band and then the extension of that right. crew. Well, and that's why they have so many staff members is so that they can correct so that you don't have to. Um, craziest story that you that you can that you can tell us about. Uh, I was going to ask that the you, same that thing that you've been a part of. Um, what would that look like? Um, in terms of probably one of the more chaotic days was in 2016, I believe, of the, the Webley Arena with Nickelback. 
sold out show and that morning there's a bomb threat on the train Ooh. underneath the arena and if you've been there Ooh, you know crap. the trains underneath the arena in the mall there yeah and so they take it very seriously yeah. and uh, i gotta pull i gotta we chat up all the guys off the bus we gotta bunker down inside the arena and what the reason why i did that is because where the buses are parked they're still doing mail deliveries and different stuff like that so I'm like well if this is a bomb threat in the subway, possibly, well, I don't know what packages are coming in. I don't know what's in the back of these trucks. So let's bring everyone inside into a harder location. Right. And so as you're working with a promoter or local police, you're kind of like, well, is the show getting pushed back for doors? People can't get in here right now used to be in the train or the, the boats outside because of the shutdown. What are we going to do here? And so when stuff like that happens, you're kind of uh, – it's one of those days where there's a lot of heavy thinking going on. Uh, what you could do, can't do, God forbid, nothing happened. Yeah. Now, there's been times where the last time it was in Vancouver, Nickelback, the last show of the run, we get a call, hey, you need to grab – one of our clients is the, uh, the Zappa family. So Frank, Z- Frank is Gail Zappa, my CEO, grew up with the family. Well, we watched the kids, Abit, Dweez, like all them. So we get a call that from Abit that, hey – I like one of my associates is stuck in Las Vegas barricaded during the shooting. So we, I, while I'm getting off stage at Nickelback, I get this call. I'm like, okay, I got to call my guys in Vegas. We had to send two guys armed in the middle of all this chaos through the city, navigating with the law enforcement, grab her and bring her to a safe house right outside the area. until she got picked up. And it's, that was kind of crazy because I wasn't there. And I always feel like I'm never doing enough if you're not there. Yeah, but, I would uh, feel that way too. That stuff is, it's always, I mean, it's, there's times in Mexico City where I'm with a client in an Uber and we've been pulled over uh, by local police. We've been asking out of the car with their guns drawn and stuff where if, it, if I didn't have my training or my, my badge from the Secret Service, like it enabled to talk my way out of this and be like, you have this guy realize, hey, you're messing with the wrong yeah, person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you, you'd be kind of screwed over. It's like a lot of times miscommunication. It turned out that cop was being kind of a dick, but he ended up knowing the Uber driver. They were like, okay, cool, cool. Like, put your guns away. I'm like, oh, thanks, guys. Um, yeah. So you're always cognizant of that happening. You never – we're in a day and age now with riots, protesters on either side. You're in a, you're in a public space. Like, you don't – you can't trust yep. anyone, man. No, yeah. Tell us about – I know this is not a political show at all, but – I'd like to hear you mentioned Secret Service. I'd like to hear just a little bit about it. Just a little bit. Is that okay, Eric? Uh, yeah, Is that no, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, uh, it was funny. I was actually on a podcast earlier today talking about it. And uh, I was asked, like, when there's a transition to power, whether it's, if it's whatever, not even talking about what's happening now, but whenever it's time for a new president to come in or whatever. Right is the Secret Service political in any sense? Well, we're not. Like, there's no politics. We can't have bumper stickers on our cars. We're there for the job. We take the bullet for the man or woman that we're protecting, the staff, the whoever is on our detail. We don't care about politics. And so, yeah, I mean, that was great. I did that for the about seven and a half years. And the last year, in 2012, I was home 30 days that year. Oh, wow. And jumping around from... uh, Mitt Romney to Barack Obama, like you'd wake up on, you'd fly in a C-17 or C-5 with the beast of the motorcade. You're not <laughs> sure what city you're in. And you're kind of like, man, like this is so dumbing. Now I love yeah. the job. I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I do think it's a difficult job they're in now. All law enforcement in general, obviously with yes. everything going on. Um, but hearing that there, like there's a lot of morale. I know there's been a lot of issues with people throwing stuff at the White House and mm-hmm. crazy stuff that I think the media tends to want to embellish and really make it seem like everyone's attacking the White House, like whatever. But And it's one of those things where that stuff happened with Obama, it happened with Reagan, it happened with Clinton, different types of attacks, bomb threats yeah. and stuff. But it just because the one person in the White House now might think differently or be different than what you're expecting, the Secret Service doesn't change. Right. right. They adapt to the times. And you just got to go Wait. with it. 
Yeah. I mean, that stuff's always been going on. It doesn't matter. Like you said, no matter who's in the White House, that stuff has always been going on. Right. I just think for me, like the media now is like, it's just, they just try try to go after certain aspects of that. It's like these men and women, like, I thought it was a couple months ago when they did like the, the pepper bullets or the state, yeah. or the Capitol Police and Park Police right outside the White House in the North Fence Line. And it's like, you don't re- like the, like the media's not showing that protester throwing a ball off at the cops right. or punch yeah. or punching their horse. Right. Exactly. And you're kind of like, let's show both sides of here. Cause these men and women are going through a shit ton of stress right yeah, now on really top are. of a job that they don't need the fire. Right. I guess Lee. Man. Yeah. God bless them, man. Um, I saw a little bit of it this weekend. There there is, um, let's see. So if you are, depending on where you're at, whether it's, whether it's a a foreign country or the U S the major, we kind of touched on this a a few minutes ago, but are there any major issues that you've had with local security, wherever that means for you at that venue with local security, just not wanting to agree with what you're trying to get yeah, so no, it's a very good point. Like Germany, um, some places in Belgium, uh, they're very stubborn. Like it's the same guys that worked at they that's the these are the same guys that worked the door when Rammstein was a club band. And wow. they're so stuck in their way. I'm gonna search this way. So you, you do all the advancing you can. Now I've got to know a bunch of supervisors and promoters there where they understand what you try to do. Like we we're let's do try and work together. But that language barrier and that stubbornness sometimes is just like, man, this is like you're yeah. too set in your ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And th- that could be a good right. and bad thing. Unfortunately, or fortunately for us, we've never had an issue per se, but there is always that off chance where the language barrier is an issue. Sometimes like France and yeah. stuff, um, Belgium, Belgium's a little bit different. Cause we, last time I've we've been through every time there's been like that whole issue with, the. Uh, um, Merkel and letting in these yep. Syrian refugees and stuff. And so yep. it's always been this unrest. And so we've had military at the show and they've been great. They kind of help with like the, Hey, we know what you need. We'll get this done. So having people like that in some countries has been yeah. beneficial that as well. Is, that That's is nice. Good. Yeah. South America. Um, we have to have armed translators, great guys who, who understand the lingo, to where to stay out of, how to deal with local promote like people that could be corrupt. They have your back hundred percent. So you have to work yeah. with people like that. Um, that's yeah. just great. I mean, I think that yeah. would be the craziest part of your job is, I mean, it's, it's one thing being here and going from venue to venue and trying to figure out the security, but generally it's the same. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Let's live yeah. nature, AEG, yeah. like you know, the staff. Uh, but then you, <laughs> you, you know, travel to, uh, seven different countries in one year and they all have, the opposite of you know what you're used to doing it's just right it's yeah. different protocols an emt call might be different in uh sydney australia than it is in brussels or it might be different like it is in new jersey so you have i have a core plan i want to place and i need that implemented yeah. the best way possible because i know what my guys need or crew needs god forbid um something happens and i mean a lot of people laugh well, why do you have the emts there so early for loaded well I, man, I, I was last, first time I was in Salt Lake City, uh, we had a woman die on the loading dock at 7.30 in the morning. She had a heart attack and a case fell on her. And we're doing chest compressions at 7.30 in the morning. And stuff like that, you're always kind of, again, I'll go back to being planned and ready. But in yeah. some countries where you know that could happen, they're just like, ah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you're going wow. over to different, you know, different countries, do you, do you get to take everything you need or do you have to be like, Hey, we're going to need. Yeah. I mean, there's, I have my specific road case that has all my tactical gear, whether it's flashlight, like stuff like that, my pat, like all that stuff. Um, I don't fly overseas armed for obvious reasons, a lot of paperwork and you don't want to get caught up in a situation where like the States, you could go from Virginia, but the bait you cross DC, if you have a firearm, you're, it's like going to California, Massachusetts, yeah. like the gun laws. Like it's not worth the headache. No. Um, that's why you advance with the police and you, you get stuff like that way right. through lawful means. So I, anything I ever need over there, uh, the only times I really request extra armed security and stuff like that, it's probably South America or South Africa in the sense of just, hey, I need my two dedicated guys that I know 
They, they're bilingual. They're armed. They're legally authorized to carry. Indulge right. in the best right. of us with them. Uh, so yeah, I've never, I never go over these places. Like I always have what I need to do. So is there any place that you would not go? No, I, I've, I've basically been, I mean, I've been on the Gaza Strip. I've been oh. Bethlehem, Israel, Jakarta, wow. India. I've been everywhere. <laughs> I've been to every state multiple times. And they, remember when the Facebook or social media spoke those stupid maps a couple of years ago where it's like, oh, you've been to yep. this country? Like, yeah. I think I've been to like 68, 78% wow. of the world. Wow. Um, so I'm very forever grateful to that. There are, see, I've never been to Iceland and that's, that's where I want to go to. But in terms of, if I could pick where not to go, obviously North right. Korea or China. Right, yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. But Russia is a nice. great country. Very cool. So, um, do you yeah. get a, do you get actually watch any of the shows? Do you not like off duty? I, uh, yeah, no. So when it, when it comes to showtime, I hear all the music, but I'm not listening yep. to it, if that makes sense. I know how the set's going to go because we have pyro and certain concussion calls, certain a flow of show that if I hear something or see something that doesn't seem right, right. it's probably not right. And so I'll be able to kind of adjust to that, whether it's microphone issues or power issues or the guy that our singer sees someone in the crowd and he stopped the show to take care of it. So I, uh, yeah, it's, so it's pretty, the, one it's of the, one of the main reasons right? why we wanted to have you on here is because, you know, we deal a lot with, uh, with, with talking to rock stars and doing all that stuff, but there, I, the thing that I think people don't understand is how much effort it takes to put on a show, how many things are going on behind the scenes. And your job is one of those things. And I think it's a, it's a major job because you're, you know, trying to make not only the, the artists and your crew safe, but people in general, you want everybody to have a safe, fun time. And I think that a lot of the times we get, we get mixed up with, um, you know, whoever it is on stage that's doing their show and, and that's awesome. But we really wanted to bring to light, especially, uh, especially right now, but it's been something on my mind for a while is, is what, how does how do the wheels turn behind the scenes? You know how do, how does all of this work? And I think that's kind of what uh, what we're understanding is there's there's a lot to uh, to process in just one show. And you're talking, you know, you do whatever the number is, but one 150 shows a year when we can. Um, let's say that number. I mean, that's a lot of shows to process yep. and to figure out and to calculate. So um, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's. I, yeah, and uh, I will say that I listened to your um, Ray uh, from Cord. You're yeah. talking with him. It was fucking awesome. He's such a good guy too. Yeah, yeah he uh, is. So it's, it was kind of cool. But anyway, that was cool. Um, yeah, no, there is a ton that goes into it. And that's the importance of the proper advancing. But when it comes to rehearsals, sure, it's for the band. If we have certain cues, just work out the set list with concussion, pyro, and stuff that safety issues. But that's also there for the crew and you meet a new crew if you get the core crew back, but you got new pyro guys, you got new lighting guys. So you all have to kind of gel together and not everyone gets along per se, but you want everyone to get along when it's showtime. Like you have to have each yeah. other's backs. You can't have any issues because everyone's like you said, everyone shows up to the three hour show at doors and oh last song eleven, okay, everyone out. Well that crew that put that show on was there at six that morning. And now they're loading cool. out till 3 a.m. And we're going to yeah. do it again tomorrow. It's like that Jackson Brown song, Stay. Like, it's very, yeah. as corny as that is. But until I became part of this industry, I didn't realize the amount of work these men and women yeah. do on a daily basis. And mm. for you guys to bring light to that, it's, it's badass. And what they're going through now, or what we are going yep. through now with COVID and stuff. You know, and, and we've been in um, bands. We've done, we've, we're still in bands. We're still doing that stuff. And it does. We, we see this on a daily, even with this show, there's a lot of you know, prep and stuff like that. So we got to thinking. And, and that was the end result. It's like, man, there's so much that people don't understand. Because we kept having conversations with people. And they're like, I don't know what you're, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, well, you're, you're going yeah. to. So... Right. It's like, even if you're an upcoming band, like, you know, people like, oh, you get to the show. Oh, this is great. Well, you still had to have the, if it's an eight hour drive, you, yep. have, you have to drive three hours. Probably one of you guys is a merch guy. If there's a tire breaks, car breaks down, you got to switch. Like, so as, as you guys work together, and not, not saying yep. you guys, I'm saying in general, there's so much that goes in from the ground up that I think people need to start really appreciating. And when COVID yeah, happened, 
When COVID happened, the first thing yep. to go was the entertainment industry. Now, sports coming back, but I guess fans are getting kicked out wherever. But the last thing to come back yep. is the entertainment industry. You have Broadway in New York City shut down <clears> till next June. Cirque du Soleil, all these big productions that yeah. are doing shit right now. And I'm fortunate to be on the road with Smith & Byers doing the drive-in stuff. Yeah, um, that's we awesome. Actually, we actually got three indoor shows uh, coming up in December that uh, Oklahoma uh, yeah. at the Diamond Ballroom, Soul Kitchen, Alabama, and uh, somewhere else where it's like these aren't full capacity shows. You got to do a v- proper advancing. Yeah. Where's the signage? the uh, social distancing, masks, are we doing temperature checks? What's the protocol if there's a temperature hit? Like how are we, what, so it's it, it's an added level right now, but to be out there in the middle of it, like I, I take solace the fact that the, if I'm out here right now, like if I could somehow be a small yep. part of the solution here, I'm going to do what I can. And it's just great mm-hmm. to see oh. people enjoy. Well, and we, and we've been watching yeah. some of these live streams and, and thank God for the live streams that, you know, these bands are, are putting on and that, but man, yeah, dude, that Corey Taylor one was um, pretty I, cool. Trivium yeah, had a really was. good one too. I think that. Yeah, I think Avatar has one coming out. And yep. I'm looking forward to. So it's cool. Oh, I man. think everybody's Avatar, getting on that bandwagon. Crazy. But I'm, but I'm, I'm just, I, I need, I need concerts back. They need to come back. I was listening again. I was listening to a uh, or watching a live stream the other day, and I'm like, this is cool, and I appreciate them doing this, but this is not what I need. This is I. Right, and like when I go to a concert, like. I'm so dumped to it now where like, I don't, I don't, I just, like, I don't, I want to stay away from it. But yeah. like what, so growing up, like having the beer, so a drunk guy dock a beer on you or see a couple fight, not fight, fight, but get to yeah. like a name. Like, there's, there's parts of it where it adds to the, the effect of the show. And so it's like the tailgate before, or trying to grab that pick. If the singer said throwing you a pick of the, like just, there's stuff like that, that, these live streams really can't do. I think there's that one part of the soul that these people, yep. fans are starving to hear. Yep. I mean, it's going to, it's going to heal it, you. It's more about yeah. the experience than it is about the, the show. Oh, yep. right. The drive there, listening to the Buying the ticket two months in advance or, you know, whenever it releases, um, yes. you know, whether Woo. it's a venue or whether it's a festival, <laughs> a festivals, I think even more because you're seeing 30 bands instead of two. Um, and just right. getting back to, uh, you're right. You said it. it's it's healing. Music has been and will forever be a healing part of our our beings. Um, and I think uh, whether anybody likes it or not, they're, they're going to have to come back quickly, and they're going to have to figure out a way. Now, my question: I just was thinking about this, and there there are several different things that you've done so far. So you're you're doing regular. Um, I don't want to say regular, but just venues like Exit In. You do arenas. And yep. now, now we're doing uh, drive-ins, right? Drive-ins. And yep. potentially live streaming. But security is different for every single one of those shows. Yeah. No, the drive-in thing was interesting. When I first – our first show was in Philly in between the ballparks. And great – like 700 cars, six people a car. Like it was nuts. And there's there was some sort of trepidation as one of the first ones. Um, I think AGR, the band, and Burt Kaiser was one of the first artists, the like, comedians, to do the driving stuff. And we, we, for, we do the show, and we're kind of like, I think people are kind of, like, not nervous, but like, oh, we can be able to sit in our cars here, but there's some sort of, like, like what is, is this the new normal? Um, but, no, they've been great. And the big thing for there is the, my first concern was, well, you have all these cars pulling. Well, these are all VVIDs. Like, there could be a car bomb literally in this trunk with a propane oh, tank, a That's bag scary. of fertilizer, and an accelerant. And you're kind of like, well, what, like, what do you need to search for? I go, we got to look for this stuff. Like, we, we need yeah. to properly search for this. Like, and here's the other thing, too. Drinking and driving. I hate it. I am, I, if I see someone drunk, I make sure they have a ride home, whether it's Uber or whatever. But I need staff and law enforcement to make sure that there's no one that's been drinking the last three hours because you can drink at these shows yeah. are getting in their car and driving home because what's the point of – and there's been that – there's kind of like that visual. It's like, well, they can do the same thing if they're in the venue in an yeah. arena. No, I get that, but yeah. they're literally drinking inside their car where if they were anywhere yeah. else, you'd write up a ticket. Man, that's right. So, but uh, we've had no issues, though. I didn't even Man, think that about that part because you, you have that because it's a – it's. 
Oh, right. How, how far are the cars parked from the stage? Exit, people driving it out. Like now you're going to deal with people getting run over with people leaving or mm. now you have to socially distance with people outside their cars. With moving. Yeah. It's just, uh, we've been fortunate uh, and with great guys, staff. And crew, are you, are, so do you, have you had any issues there. with, I know you've done a few, but have you issues with, with being able to do what you need to do? No, we've had, they've all been great. I think it's a learning thing for everyone. And uh, again, I'm not asking for anything that's outside the normal. I, I do think I tend to bring up questions or concerns yep. that they might not think about. And that's just because I've done so many of these driving shows now that I know what to look for. And so yeah. I'll have counterparts reach out to me with artists that are doing stuff in the spring now, these type of driving shows based on yeah. whatever COVID numbers. And they would be like, hey, how do you do this? Like, what are you looking for here? Like, what's this issue here? And so talking to counterparts and other people about it is one part of the process of moving forward. And if this has to be the normal for right now, I'm okay with it. We can be safe, we can be smart, but I, like you said, yeah. there is something about being in that. Man, I remember when I was growing through high school, I went to my first non-point show and I got kind of sucked into like this mosh <laughs> yeah. uh, pit. I'm like, I'm just like, man, what the hell is going on? But like, yeah. that's part of it. I think people miss yeah. that. And that's, that's the oh, bottom yeah, line, man. It's do. just something that you can sure. look forward to. You can see your band in action. You can hear that banter and uh, that the band has. They're at the merch yep. booth after, or they're yep. doing a beat yep. and that's and that's kind of that's what we miss too. It's one of those what things is- where, um, you know, we may not be uh, like a shine down uh, level, but there's still shows that we get to do for us, um, just just as an outlet and things like that. And they're, it's 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 weird, man. It's freaking weird, and uh, it needs to stop. I don't like it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, as long as people are smart, I think, I think there's people, I th- there's stuff behind the scenes now where it's kind of people are p- playing together, moving yeah. forward, definitely after the new year. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things too, at the beginning, like you guys, I'm like, well, we do the 15 day, or the two weeks or whatever to slow this curve. We're, we're still, we're still in it. So like, I get it that we don't really know what's going on. I, I, I support yeah. the scientists. Yep. I, I get it. I, I love them. But at what point do we start coming up with solutions yeah. as opposed to well, let's keep delaying? Right. Because you're, exactly. you're delaying the human spirit now. And with arts and stuff not there, that's an outlet for people that are already depressed or have mental health issues or suicidal. And you're taking that away from them. It just exacerbates, which statistically, domestic violence, alcoholism, and suicide goes is up. way up this year now yeah. because of COVID. So it just adds to it. Well, they did just come out with a couple of uh vaccines it looks like it's 90 and 95 percent so yep. hopefully those come through we'll see but, um, but then the recovery rate though is what 98.7 whatever yeah. so it's like the recovery is actually better than the vet so it's just yeah the i'm recovery so sick is better of numbers right yeah. I, i'm just i don't know who to believe i just wish there was like a thing where i don't care if you're on the right or left let's work together yeah. and figure this out it's um Exactly. I mean, it's it's all chaos, but we'll we'll all get through it. Um, it'll it'll be fine. We'll come back and and we'll start having shows. But for now, this is what we have to do. So, um, have you have you done any live streaming shows with with anybody yet? I have not. No, um, I've watched them, but none of my guys are doing the live stream stuff. Because I feel like, I guess it would kind of kind of be the same. Yeah, I mean, you would still, if you're like the Corey Taylor thing at the um, Hollywood Arena or wherever you did it, um, you still have to proper yeah. advance. You still need to make sure people aren't coming in there. Like there's pyro, there's a full crew. Right. While there's no fans per se, you still have to protect that entity of the venue because you have a multi-billion dollar client yeah. that's still exactly. doing a thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, you have Makes like sense, five though. or six different oh. forms of protocol, depending on probably even more than that, depending on what venue and what country you're going to. Yeah, no, 100%. You have to always, the other thing too, like I'm always learning, I'm always taking notes. If I, if I haven't been to a venue yet and um, I know a friend was just there, I'll reach out, hey, what, like what happened here? Like I'll bounce some questions off and I expect to say it back to me. Yeah. That's one way to kind of learn from it. I know growing up, I'm like, oh, I got to go to Red Rocks. I got to go to the Gorge in uh, Washington. Like, I got to, I got but I tell you what, like, Red Rocks is great to go see a show, but loading in is such a bitch. It's so oh, difficult for the crew that, because you have to push everything up this crazy ramps. I feel bad for the crew and stage people. I mean, they're pros, but a lot of times you're like, man, I want to do this venue. And yeah. It's like, you got to put some work into yeah. it. 
Man, well, I imagine so. Brings me to another. I've I've done a couple shows now. I've been sorry. I've been to a couple shows, and they've been in caves. Um. Yeah. Oh, the Kentucky one too, yeah. right? Was it yeah. Like, Cherry? That seems it's like one? a yeah. worst case. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, God forbid that they collapsed or like I'm not sure. Now, I, I obviously, I think it's pretty safe, but for my own sake, I'd want to talk to a guy that has maybe done some EKGs in this cave. Like, what's the decibel unit? They could maybe crack some rocks, like I'm, stuff like that, where right. I'm not worried, but I want to know because if it does happen or there is, God forbid, a 3.2 earthquake that day, which has been in that area, yeah, you're gonna sure. want to not yeah, be in that case, right? But man, stuff that's, like, that's cool, man. Like you hear about those New York City raves and old abandoned subway tunnels, and it's like I, I'm all for the good time and cool, but if something were to go bad, like you're not gonna. It's crazy. So well, and that, and, and that brings you to another point. Is there a venue that. that you would not, you would suggest to these? Um, no, I mean, I've done stuff in castles. Oh, cool. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, like Clam Castle. And then there's one in Romania. Um, that's, it's, it's the same. Stru- yeah, I, bet, stone I bet Romania are. was cool. No, I love Romania. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's ever... Yeah, I don't. I really don't think so. I mean, there's just nothing really out there. That I'd be curious. I'd be curious to get that. Hey, we're going to this venue. I want. I want yeah. my, myself to step back. Like, wait, what? Like, what are we doing? But I, I don't think there really is anything out there right now where I'm kind of like, um, yeah. I mean, are there places where I'm pro-life? Now, I have a clause in my own heart and whatever. Like, for whatever reason, I'm not going to work with a client that's going to support. Planned Parenthood, or hey, we're going to do a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood. I can afford and my own, like whatever. Hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm right. not going to be with that type of client. I'm not going to do that show. No, I'm not with clients that do those type of. Hey, it could be NRA. It could be plant. It could be one of those type of ultra right. left, ultra right things where very neutral to whatever. So there might be specific events per se, or like, hey, oh, we're doing this. Uh, like, I get a call, like, hey. A couple years ago, I got a call for oh, David wow. Duke, the KKK guy. Um, he was running for an office, I think, or something crazy where they're looking for security. And I'm like, hey, man, I appreciate the call. Uh, not to say that you're a racist, <laughs> but, no. um, but I, I don't <laughs> right. really – this isn't for me. We've, been, we've right. got calls for Planned Parenthood, too, where, hey, we're having issues with protesters – and would you absolutely not like, thank you for the call. I can recommend someone, but I'm not here to, there's certain stuff in my heart that I'm not going to endorse. That's good. And you stand strong racism and homophobia, like stuff like that. It's like, there's yep. no place for it. And I'm not going to no. support anyone or anything that wants me to be, help me, help be a part of that yep. to, to sure. secure that type of thing. So you, you said like That's they, awesome they would me. call you these, these people would call you. What's the difference? But if there's like a protest, what's the right. difference in why why wouldn't they just call the police and have them take care of it? They just well, what we've noticed is that yeah. these defund the police protests, most of them actually do call the police, which is the irony. But certain groups will want private security, or if they have uh, one of their higher ups walking and marching in these safe protests. So why do you need security in your safe protest if it's going to be? So there's a lot of hypocrisy in all of it. Why do you need security if you're wanting to defund the police? Well, that's the irony. One of my good friends <laughs> here is a uh, works state police and works for the FBI in yeah. New England area, and he goes, they've got more calls for security and motorcade help for uh, anti-police marches that need security for. The, the first people they call are 911. Like, look at Melissa Milano. Yeah. She's always defund the police. She sees a guy with a squirt gun or a BB gun in the neighbor's yard. She calls 911 because there's a guy. No. So no. you can't have it both ways. No. No. Um, so there's a, there's a ton of hypocrisy um, in all that. Well, so, so we're, we're at the part of the show where we've, we've actually done – we've talked about a lot of stuff, and it's, it's, most of it's a little serious. But at the same time, we're having fun. Do you, you want to play a game? Right. Okay. This game is yeah, uh, it's it. called Would You Rather. It's all the rage. All the kids are doing it. Uh, um, yep. <laughs> so th- this is uh, I've got three questions for you 
And I think uh, at least one of them kind of pertains to your skill set. And we're going to start off with Good. that one because I think I'm, I'm excited to hear this answer. So would you rather be hunted by Jason Bourne or by Jack Bauer? <laughs> oh, damn it. Would I rather yeah, hunted, be hunted, not hugged, by, hunted not hugged, by? Hunted. Now, now either one is good. Um, <laughs> I would, based yep. on their characters right now with their prime, I would rather be hunted by Jack Bauer because he's older, and I think my stamina could go a little bit further. Okay. I could create more time and distance. Um, the thing about Bourne is like he's too like programmed uh, to kill. I don't know. This is, <laughs> I dig this answer. This is good. Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things uh, where I think you're screwed either you're way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, I, I would rather get hunted. I, by I thought it was. Gonna, I thought it was going to be Jason Bourne. That's what I thought. But yeah, he's his. Um, the thing with Jason Bourne, though, like I know a bunch of little stunt guys that worked with him and stuff like that. Hand to hand, the trading. I mean, now we're talking like fictional versus real but if i'm going against a character based on what he's trained i would not want to get into all that clinching and grabbing and arm breaking i'd nope. rather just get away where Kiefer sullivan jack bowers pistol whip you knock you out twist tie you and get any information he wants out of you through whatever <laughs> means possible so i tend to think i can get up about quicker than jack bauer thus proving my uh fair enough likelihood of like surviving it. it's, it's interesting uh, that's actually a good I don't know who you are. I have a particular now, set of skills. Yeah, now, yeah we're talking Liam Neeson now. now. It's, well, it's, maybe I should maybe I should uh, expand yeah. on that one a little bit next time. Um, <laughs> would you rather travel anywhere in the universe at the speed of light, or be able to read minds? Is this a one-time thing? Once, once you do it, it's, this is what you're doing now. I'm going to do travel speed of sound just because if I want to see a sunset somewhere or see be part of an event or something, I can see it. Me reading minds, I, I would rather trust my intuition and getting to know someone to kind of figure out what they are thinking and hoping yeah. they're not talking shit in their mind to me. Um, but... Yeah, I, there's certain events, whether it's birthdays or weddings, that, man, I, I can't work. But if I go there a split second, be there, or see a sunset, or yeah. visit a friend, like, I'm all into that. I don't that's care awesome. what people yep. think about me. Thing. I really like, don't. I, I would, I, yeah, I don't want to know. Dirty. People have dirty minds. Yeah, like, oh. you don't know what I'm thinking well, about you right now with your beard. You know, later. <laughs> I'm up on my OnlyFans. Look at that. Look at those lip piercings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tit. Like, I wonder if he's on Tinder. Yeah. Uh, on all right, last one. Yeah, Would no. you rather know everything but die tomorrow or live forever but be ignored? <sighs> I, I forget where I saw recently. They mentioned this quote. And it was like, you die twice. Once when you die from the earth, and then once the last time mm -hmm. someone mentions your name is when you die again. And I don't know if I'd rather... Man, that's tough. Like, because when I heard that that time, it got me thinking. Like, if no one knows who I am. Right. How do I judge my success? But am I judging my success of what people think of me or who knows my name? If I can go to bed every night knowing I made a difference in my life or someone else's, I don't need the acknowledgement of someone to tell me, right. "Hey, you did a great job," or whatever. I love hearing it, and it means the world to me. So, for that reason alone, I would. Uh, I'm okay with people not knowing who I am. Well, but I think I think that every night that you come out okay, I think that that made a difference in someone else's life. No, it's 100%. So someone that could be listening to this or people you meet in the store or like we always, when people put these masks on, we lost a sense of humanity. Yeah. And it's like, I remember back in March, you yeah. go to the grocery store, like people used to do, like they weren't looking at you, you didn't want to say hi. And now it's just like, man, there's, we lost empathy and humanity. Yep. And yep. if... I, again, I don't need. I don't. No one has to know who I am. Right. If they don't, if they they can know my actions and what I did, but they don't. They right. can be like, who is that guy? Who cares? Yeah. He said hello to me. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, 
Yeah, exactly. They were, man. Uh, I, man, and that's why I always answers. love doing these because you just never know. You never know what the answer is going to be. We've had some pretty random answers. We've had. What some- was the um, red light king? How'd that one go? I haven't watched that yet with Kaz. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, he. Um, awesome I think he guy, had a- by the way. Yeah. He- he had a good time. So yeah, Kaz is, is, uh, Kaz we is know awesome. him back from our radio days, uh, you know, like six or seven years ago. So um, it was it was nice to be able to kind of rekindle that conversation and, and get back in with that. And yeah, um, you know, we've got some really good music coming out too that we're really excited about. So it, what, it should yeah. be I have a question for you guys. Um, what was there a fear of leaving or whatever? I, mean, I don't know the history of the radio station stuff, but what's been your biggest fear and kind of Think from going from the radio to doing your own type of podcast, like right now, which you do it with the Rockcast. Right. Well, I think for me and Parker, we're going to give you a chance too here because because uh, you're awesome, I guess. Um, and I'm not a dick. I'm trying like, to be really a dick. good looking, <laughs> like awesome. There you go, buddy. He's, I think for us, uh, really, the the most recent radio experience was it wasn't horrible but it was very one-sided and not on our side right it was much uh much like radio you you have you have this narrow path that you have to go down and you can't really do anything else you essentially these days if you're on air on a radio station you are just a paid voice that's all you are there there is yeah yeah exactly you're a babysitter play these songs this time and announce these sponsors and and if we Oh, they're already in. popped in there. There is no, there's no song yeah, already you pick. There. They're in, and it's chosen by one person. And it's chosen by an opinion of one person. And I get it. I mean, program directors are program directors, but at some point, the the, the people, the audience, it's 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 like voting. I mean, they should have a say or a voice in it somewhere. Yep. And then you have the labels. That's a whole nother thing. Well, so go ahead. A lot of right, a lot oh, of yep. politics that yep. go into. And I think it. that's too one of the things we were we were talking to. Uh, uh, to Kaz about is, you know, we would play his music as much as we possibly could, and we'd get in trouble for it. But when you get calls, when you get calls, and for us, it was just good music. We wanted to play good music. We didn't want to play Metallica or Led Zeppelin or you know all these other older bands all the time. Nothing wrong. With those. Well, that's because that's it already played like right. nothing wrong with those bands at all. We love those. But the problem was <laughs> is that we didn't get oh, to do what we thought we should be able to get to do we wanted to pick the music is, right. is the short version of this and we weren't allowed what to. your day is going to be for the listener because you, you're the pulse yep. of the listener and even even when we would get calls even we would get we'd get 10 or 10 or 15 calls about one song in an hour we still couldn't play it unless it was on this list if we were over the hour we could delete songs that's these the, crazy if we were right. if we were under the hour oh, so these, got- we had to add a song these are the only songs that you can add that's it um so we just really, to answer your question in a short version, we're doing much better now than right. we were by far. So we're excited. Yeah, now, the only absolutely. difference is, you know, now we're building our fan base. Now we're trying to, to make that stuff happen. And it's a slow process. It's a long-term yeah. process. It's not an overnight thing. We're not, you know, we're not going to be rock stars tomorrow. Right. Something to where they, they had established all of that stuff. So when we put, when we put something out on air on social, uh, we'd get a hundred replies. We'd get a conversation going, and with what we what we do right now, not so much because we're we're new. We're essentially infants in the game right now. Right. Not our first rodeo, but <laughs> at the same time, this is a new. This is a. Right. New I think thing you'll be us. more successful as you organically grow your audience. Oh yeah, by far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yep. We're already seeing and, that. And we have yeah. no desire yeah. to do anything other than that. We know we we went into this knowing it's going to be uh, for the long term. And so, you know, when we started doing this, we, we really weren't sure what was going to happen, but we utilized all the contacts that we'd made over the last six or seven years. And uh, thankfully, they all came through for us, or at least most of them came through for right. us. Um, and most they, in a did. big way. Yep. And so, it, it's just something that we like to do. This is fun for us, man. We, we love talking to, look, the tagline for the show, man, is conversations with rock stars. And that's exactly what it is. Um, we're just having a conversation and that's all that's I'll send a couple of your way that I think would have fun with you guys. And you guys are really good, uh, personality wise. You could tell that you care about what you're doing. It's fun. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's, it's so that. fun. And, uh, you know, Parker and I, this is, if, if we could do this, uh, for the rest of our lives, this is, this is what we would do. And, and, you know, just like, just like we probably oh, we will, will be because there is no retirement plan. 
<laughs> and we were originally going to be doing it. So before COVID, I thought Eric would I'm mention sorry. this, but it, before he was going there, I could see it. We were going to originally be in venues and we were going to partner with some venues locally. And we had it all kind of arranged and then COVID hit. So we were kind of like, dang, what are we going to do? So we ended up building these sets and, you know, we have these sets now and it's, and it's worked out fantastic. And it's, it's been, it's been really cool. It's been a good, a, been bit, fun. a good and, run. And people are starting sure. to take notice. Um, and in, in the listening side and in the artist side, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that it's just pretty cool that, that people think it's like a new band uh, when they, when they get that first big show or, you know, signed deal or something like that. For us, it's like people, people dig what we're doing and we, we just went into this for fun. I mean, COVID right. hit, we're like, well, let's just see what happens. And, and so far, man, it's just, it's, it's been amazing. So we, we, uh, we appreciate that we get the opportunity to, to do things. Yeah, like that's this. awesome, man. No, I, you guys are doing great. It's fun. All right. Well, yeah, man, uh, Parker, do you have anything else? I think I'm, I, I don't, man. I just appreciate, appreciate you. Yeah, man. And again, I'll, uh, whatever you need for me to put on all our socials from Twitter to parlor, to whatever God yeah. knows is out there. And, uh, I'll be sure to talk to all the bands and guys. I know <laughs> I think we have fun with you guys. Oh, uh, that'd be, yeah. Um, give yeah. everybody right now, give everybody a little bit of, uh, where, where you're at online. Uh, on Instagram, it's, at John Silverspear on uh, Twitter, it's at Silverspear44. Um, and the Facebook, I really don't use, it's more for personal. Uh, but you can find me out there, JM Guidari. Yep. Um, I usually just keep that just to keep family and stuff. It's got way too political on both sides. It's just bullshit. Same here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Parlor. Like, I'm everywhere where I'm kind of like you guys. I'm, I started my own kind of security podcast. So, like, you got to kind of navigate that realm of I wanted to talk about so, that. Can we, yeah, I saw that. We, we, we got to talk about that. We got to take like yeah. five minutes and talk about that because I was looking at this stuff, man, and it looks like you've got a lot of uh, interesting topics and a lot of interesting people that are coming on that. Yeah, so I started that again like March out of boredom uh, because like what am I going to do if we're not touring? Like, I want to keep learning. I want to keep interacting with people. Yeah. So yep. it started off with a bunch of friends, but now, I mean, we – I got some guests coming up now that have wrote like New York Times bestseller books and better than Academy Award winning movies and stuff where I'm just like, this is really cool. Cause it's, I keep it. It's obviously security related. And so all the guests either have a connection with law enforcement or experts in domestic violence, human trafficking, wildlife conservation, or an actor that has played a, a police a, a kind of character. That's a law officer or a bad guy. And yeah. I mean, I'll let you guys know. One of the big guests coming up is Eric Stolhansky, who played Rabbit in uh, Super Troopers. What? And so, good friend of mine. So he's coming wow, in 2021, awesome. and we're gonna do that. So there's always guests like that. Yeah. Where I'm always kind of reaching out. I got some cool stuff coming with a couple of Shine Down Nickelback guys with special guests from UFC. Um, so yeah, man, it's just like you guys. It's just kind of finding that niche and kind of doing whatever. I got a great. Um, kind of parent company the Dean Bladell Network uh, which I can actually put you guys in touch with but they're based in Canada they have a built-in audience of over half a million people and oh I go over Amazon Insta, uh, Spotify I'm on every streaming service YouTube is off the chain right now and it just helps to have someone like that parent yeah. kind of like always pushing your stuff out or hey check this out uh, and it just helps yeah, that's people, awesome. it's topics that people but not necessarily know a lot about like that's why I'm doing it and but it's just uh, it's fascinating it's fun and uh, kind of lets me do yeah. what you guys do learn and, but stay creative exactly yeah, yeah. and that's and again that's why we wanted you to come on the show once you I mean you're a cool dude but we we really wanted to to uh, pick your brain and and kind of understand again about what goes on behind the scenes uh, in our world at a rock show or at a a venue you know type scenario because there's a lot of things. Even we didn't even cover a third of what actually goes on. Um, right. So so many things that happen during the process of just one, just one single show. So um, we appreciate you giving us a glimpse into your world and, and kind Any of a ending. Um, but to go go find him. He's everywhere. It'll, it'll be. We'll put it down here in sure. some sort of text form yep. scenario. Um, I'm I'm the one to edit this. <laughs> edit this. So I'm assuming I'm going to probably have to do that. I'm going to do that. Okay. You're going to do right it. Right here in the... Just put it right, right here. here. Okay. We'll put it right, right there. there. <laughs> yeah, right there. It's going to be all messed up now. We don't have any idea. <laughs> Whatever, man. It works. It's all... Now I have a new podcast to follow, man. That's all. Awesome. That's right. 
That's right. We got a new friend and family in the podcasting world. Uh, so, JM, thank you so much for coming on the show. We do appreciate that. Uh, guys, go follow him. Go find out what he's doing. He's got a lot of good things going on. Again, he's got some good guests also that are coming up on his podcast. We don't normally promote other podcasts, but we don't. We have to. We have to do this. It's a really good, uh, really good idea. So go follow him. Go do all that stuff. If you want to know more about the show, go to rockcastshow.com. Find out all the good stuff. The good thing about this show is that you can watch and listen. We are everywhere that podcasts are available. Wherever you listen right now, go find it. If you want to watch the show, um, we're on it. So I don't know if that's a good idea, but you can go for it. Uh, rockcastshow.com or YouTube Rockcast Show. Find us there. Thanks, guys, so much for hanging out. JM, good to awesome. see you. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.